This is Mouth Media Network, the business of being heard. Ha ha. Ha. Mm-hmm-hmm-hmm. Ha ha. Ho ho. Squee. Chortle guffaw. Ha ha ha. He he. Ha. Oh ho 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 ho. Ho. Ha. R-O-T-F-L. Side splitting. Ha ha. <sighs> is that enough? Hilarious. This is Funny People Talking. Hi, my name is Christina Catherine Martinez, and I'm a writer, actor, art critic, and comedian in Los Angeles, California. And I would rather have my therapist project a transcript of our last session onto my crush's forehead than listen to funny people talking. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Funny People Talking. I am one of your hosts, Mark Rako, and I am just thrilled beyond belief to reintroduce you to my colleague and co-host and friend, Dresden Engel. Trez, yo, yo. I just love it. You sounded like the guy from Moulin Rouge. Thrilled. It was very exciting. Thank you. I'm welcome to Moulin Rouge. Yes, and I'm wearing my can-can outfit for those of you listening at home. Obviously. Good to see you, Trez. And also with, of course, our really, really awesome producer, Elsie. Hi, Elsie. Hi. How's it going? Good. I would roll my R, but there's no R in Elsie. So <laughs> I could go Elsie, I guess, but it's not the same. So you doing good? You're feeling good? Yeah, I'm okay. Good. How is your cat? None of your business. Okay. Good talk. Thank you. We also have our guest here in the studio with us on on the remote here. Before we get to our guest guest, we have uh, with us our intern. Why don't you introduce yourself to us, Ms. Intern? Hi, I am Darcy. I'm I'm an intern for Math Media Network. I'm really excited to be here today and uh, be funny and uh, listen Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. All right. Let's get to our incredible guest. We're so thrilled to have her here. Christina Catherine Martinez. I feel so honored to have you here because you've accomplished so much. Uh, Just to put this in perspective, straight from Christina's website, she is, as she mentioned, a writer, actor. She left this part out, award-winning art critic and a comedian in LA. She's been named both a comedian you should know by Vulture and a comic to watch by Time Out LA in 2020. The Comedy Bureau has described her live act as, quote, a great bridge between many different disciplines. And she writes for Art Forum, Art Agenda, Texte zur Kunst, and sometimes for TV, including season five of the Eric Andre show and Adult Swim. She devised and acted in a short form series for FX's late night comedy programming. She's the creator and host of the live comedy talk show, Aesthetical Relations, and her book of essays, this is it, it's all coming down to this, everybody, called Aesthetical Relations is currently, dun-dun-dun, sold out. 
welcome to the show, Christina. It's such a delight to have you here. Wow, that is quite a resume. Woo! Thank you so much. There actually is, I just got word from my publisher that there will be a reprint of that book this summer. Wow! So- that's, Look out for that, that is so exciting. Congratulations. Good for you. Wow. I can't wait to dive into that as we get on with this, this episode. Yay. And we have a great, great episode ahead of us. We are going to hear another Dresden moment, which we'll, we'll explain when we get there, Christina. And uh, we're going to play a fun, fun improv game. One we only played one time. We loved it. It is called Guppy Tank. Inspired by Shark Tank. I'll explain it when we get there, but it is a fun, fun game. And, <laughs> and of course, our salute to Tina Fey. And, of course, we will learn all about Christina from Christina. But first, before we get into that, I do have a quick question for our friend Dresden. Dresden, you really caught my eye with something very sparkly when you came on the screen, and that is... You, you seem to be adorned with somewhere between 50 or 60 spoons of all sorts, yeah. shapes, and sizes. What is – I've never seen that before, 50 or 60 spoons. First of all, do I have the, the, the count right? They sell in groups of 12 for a play setting, so it's it's somewhere that's divisible <laughs> by 12. It's something like that, but it's it's just – my, my husband, you know, lately has been mishearing things. And so I told him I liked to spoon. And sometimes <laughs> I didn't always want to be big spoon. Right. I'm always big spoon. Right. And for once in my life, I wanted to be small spoon. And he just misunderstood it. And now I have several dozen big spoons, several dozen small spoons and still not getting cuddled. But, you know, it's okay. It's okay. If we ever have just like a all-out crazy ice cream party, I'm all set. That's right. Poor Paul. Poor Paul. There's a lot of, <laughs> a lot of, a lot of soup in his future, I think. So It's so... <laughs> so, so I think. So. And mashed potatoes. There you go. All right. Well, thank you, Dresden. All right. We've got a great show ahead. Do me a favor, Darcy. Would you tell me to start the show, please? Yes, thank you for asking me. I really, I, I, I would listen to a couple of their episodes, and I was really hoping you'd ask me. Um, so, uh, 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 Mark, <laughs> yeah, start the show. All right. From the Mouth Media Network Studios in New York City, this is Funny People Talking with Mark Rako, Dresden Engel, and Elsie. All right, here we are. Funny people talking, everybody. Uh, We're here with Christina Catherine Martinez. I can't wait to dive into her story. But first, a quick piece of housekeeping. And that is our tribute to Tina Fey, where every episode, Christina, we pray to the comedy gods in the hope that Tina Fey, the great and powerful Tina Fey, will someday somehow make a drive-by pop onto the show Send us a postcard, a telegram, any way we can connect with her. This is not random. I've had several instances in which I should have been working with her, and for one reason or not, it just didn't happen. I feel the destiny is for Mm -hmm. us to intersect, so we keep putting it out to the universe. This will be another time. You may just observe with great horror, or you may participate. It's entirely up to you. No, I know. I could see in Christina's face, it looks like she's getting ready to conjure with us. 
She has like a conjuring well, face. Or judging yeah, I us. just wish. Oh, thank you. I just. <laughs> no, no, no. I just wish I had known earlier because we just went on a power walk this morning. A juice walk. It's called a juice walk with Tina. And had I known that this was a thing you were trying to do, I would have just said something to her then. But, you know, we can. <laughs> We can conjure. She's kidding. Are you I kidding? Know. She's she must be kidding because there's no way. There's no way. There's no way. This is a cruel thing that our guests do from time to time. It they, could be. It, you it never know. Be. Someday someone's gonna. Yes, oh, exactly. Are you so happy? I'm. Uh, I'm a little bit. I'm a little bit insulted <laughs> that you just automatically assumed I'm kidding. No, I'm not. Don't, which, don't which be insulted. I am, and yes, that's exactly. beside the point. <laughs> it's not that I didn't I... think you could have connectivity. It's just that I knew that our luck would not allow that. That's all it was. It was a judgment. No, on our she had me completely. Oh, okay, it, yeah, face it's, it's more. Oh, it's funny. Okay, it's more. Uh, yeah, it's not personal. It's more about the universe not being on your side. Exactly. Than exactly. My side. Exactly. <laughs> I have complete faith Got in it. you. Got uh, it. Thank you very much, though, for the tease. Elsie, do you want to lead us off in our prayer to the comedy gods, please? Um. Yeah, I'd like to lead off by saying, Darcy, you want to start off the uh, <laughs> plea to the comedy gods? Oh my God, this is like heaven. Um. Yes. Okay. Everyone, grasp your virtual hands and bow your head and pray with me. <laughs> Artina, which art in comedy heaven. Atina, please, please join us on the show. We wish you, we pray to the gods, go on a juice walk with us. Yes, Anything will be fine, please. And by juice we walk, love we mean you. just a taxi. It could be anything you needed to mean. We love you. Thank you. Amen. Perfect. Thank you so much. Very, very nice. Thank you very much, Darcy. All right. So we are going to start off the show here with one of our favorite things that we do, and that is a Dresden moment. And now it's time for Dresden Moments. Dresden knows a lot of celebrities over time because of her work as a publicist. And she always seems to have another story she could pull from the corners of her memory. And so I'd like to challenge her to see what she can dredge up. So Dresden, who will your Dresden moment be about today? So I want my Dresden moment to be something that relates to how you just never know how something can happen. Like Christina could have been juice walking. Absolutely. Juice World and, but I am just wondering if I told this story, have I ever told the story about how the fifth dimension came to record the song Aquarius? I don't recall. No, I don't think so. Okay. So this is just, I'm going to try to tell it quickly. So I'm doing PR for this award ceremony and the award is going to James Radio who created hair, the musical hair, the movie hair, all things known hair changed Broadway forever and ever and ever. Well, as we're gathered, um, one of the lead singers of The Fifth Dimension has come in to perform as part of his induction. And they say, well, I know I sang your hit and it brought me great fame, but do you know how we first met? And they both at this moment went back almost 50 years in history and remembered how it all happened. James Rado creating hair, performing, starring it on Broadway, in a cab, finds a wallet, tries to track down who owns the wallet. It happens to be Billy from the fifth dimension. Returns the wallet. Hey, guys, you guys should come see my show tonight. Hair. 
They go see hair. They fall in love with Aquarius and let the sunshine in. Go to the producer, say, can we record it? And it makes Fifth Dimension stars pretty much overnight. All because of a lost wallet in a cab. And I have a whole video online. You can Google it. And it's on the YouTubes. And it's just amazing. And these two people told the story and like, oh, they were all, they were picking up, picking up where each person left off. And so, you know, it's James Rado who created hair and it's lead singer at Fifth Dimension having this memory. And I got it all on film and it was wow. magical to be a part of that and that, scene. That's great. That is almost as good as the story about Willy Wonka and the, uh, the the dress or whatever, and you were wearing a purple dress when you were. Yeah, no, I was wearing a big fat blue muumu, not right. even thinking when I interviewed Charlie from Willy Wonka <laughs> that I looked like he should roll That's me right. around. So you never know what's going to come up in one of your <laughs> Dresden interviews. Exactly. <laughs> thank, thank you for sharing that Dresden moment, Dresden. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, so we are going to move on with the show here. Uh, Mark. Or, Yes, Mark. Sorry, Darcy, yes. sorry. My internet connection was a little slow. I didn't didn't quite catch that last bit. But I'm um, speaking of internet. Can I just kind of joke by everyone really quick? Yeah, go ahead. So <laughs> I think okay, ready. Um, and tell me if you don't like it. I'm absolutely I'm fine with that. I can I can take it. Um, so here's my joke. <laughs> um, what's the difference uh, between two bar strength and three bar strength? One bar and a heck of a memory loss. <laughs> no, no, that was actually bad. Um, sorry, Mark, sorry. I apologize for that. I'm going to get back. I'm so sorry. Okay. No worries, Darcy. That's okay. This is a safe space. That's all right. You can always try out jokes here. That's fine. We've got uh, a comedian right here as our guest. You never know. You never know. Uh, Christina, do you? I don't mean to. Just work it out, Darcy. Work it out. Yeah, that's what I was just going to ask you if you had any had any feedback on that or any any advice. So that's awesome. Thank you. Very supportive. I'm sorry. All right, so we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to play our improv game right after this. What if your idea of paradise is having some alone time? Do you still need two tickets? <laughs> <laughs> this is Funny People Talking. Can I just add, if anybody did want to watch that video, it's James Rado, R-A-D-O, and Florence Story. So it was Florence from, so James Rado and Florence Story. If you put that on YouTube, you'll find it. Great. All right, Dresden. Thank you for mentioning that. Awesome. All right. It is time for... And now, an improvisational comedy game. Our improv game. And our improv game is called Guppy Tank, Christina. Have you ever seen <laughs> the show or are you aware of the show Shark Tank? Yes, I am. Okay. So basically, obviously, for the listener that isn't familiar, an entrepreneur will come up and pitch a business and there are several potential investors there who hear the pitch, and one or more of them may or may not decide to invest in the company. It all depends on the effectiveness of the pitch. On Guppy Tank, what we do is pitch a business 
that is a very implausible and unlikely business <laughs> based on the suggestions of the other participants. <laughs> so all we do is give them a word and they have to incorporate the word or the idea into what, so we don't give the person the full business idea, just something to run with. And then the other participants are the investors. We are the, gu we are the guppies, I guess. I don't know. So we're going to demonstrate a little bit here. And then Christina will invite you to pitch your business, whatever that may be, based on a suggestion at some point in time. So I'm going to lead it off as the first entrepreneur pitching. Christina, do you want to give me any word, a noun or a verb, any verb, and I will incorporate it into my business idea? Skipping. Skipping. Awesome. Thank you very, very Hi. much. Okay. Uh, hello, all of you. My name is uh, Mark, and I want to introduce you to my business, uh, Skipping Robics, which is the brand new exercise craze accompanied <laughs> by an app, which I call the Skippy Lippy Whippy app. So it's not the shortest name for an app, but I think it accurately describes it. And what it is, is a combination of skipping and using a bullwhip. I believe it'll entirely be the newest <laughs> craze in exercise. So what you do is basically skip in a circle while you use a bullwhip. And the great thing about it is every one of these bullwhips has been designed by the famous exercise guru, Richard Simmons. So what's nice is they're sparkly. And they have a little tassel on the end. And what's nice is the tassel makes that whip sound. And then it makes a little tiny scream. Oh, I, excuse me. Um, okay. There's a lot of um, interesting things going on here. May I ask you how many followers you have on your app at present? 11. 11. 11,000? Only, only, uh, no, 11. Only six of them are my cousins, though. But I believe the other five show that there's organic growth in the audience for this. And from those 11, do, do you have engagement? Have you gotten feedback directly on the product? Yes. Three of the non-cousins have asked me to get married. So that would be engagement in my eyes. And then uh, one uh, of my cousins also asked me, so, but I'm not counting that one. I meant engagement from a, from a social media standpoint. Um, well, I did announce it on social media, if that's what you mean. So, um, but anyway, yes, but I, I, I did have a local DJ at a wedding talk about it over the microphone. So that was some engagement there. I, I'm a little concerned about the bullwhip. I think I'm going to pass. Oh, all right. One of the other great features of this, by the way, is uh, there is a skipping instruction manual that comes with, and each skip is a separate page. So it's a 47-page manual that comes with it and shows you how to do each skip. Now, granted, each skip, every other skip is identical, so every other page of the manual is identical, but I feel that it lays it out pretty nicely for you. Uh, Any question. other investors? Yeah, yeah go uh, ahead. I have two questions. Thank um, you. For, I want to know what... Um... What, why is there a tassel on the end? Well, make that... that sound anyway. So what's the tassel got to do with anything? Well, you know, the, it, it's, it's, what, it's what we call um, trade dress uh, in the business where you have to do something to differentiate it from another bullwhip. So we figured that the tassel on the end gave it personality. And that would really was Richard Simmons' idea, by the way. So do so. you find that, that you uh, when your users have been – 
actively using the whip with the tassel on it. There's an inordinate amount of cats that come and think it's a toy. That has been an issue, yes, but uh, we have... uh... It comes with a small packet of catnip, which you are supposed to throw in another corner of the room to keep the cats away from you. Okay. So that right. we, we, we've thought of that, yes. All right, so my, la- my second question, which the other one was like a two-potter because you, it played off of your answer. But So my other question, <laughs> you said the name of it is a Skippy Whippy Lippy. Yeah. Yes, yes. What's Lippy? We got the oh. Skippy, we got the Whippy, but what's your Lippy? It comes with an audio book that talks you through all the skipping. So basically it's someone going left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right to keep you in a cadence. So that's the lippy part. Uh, That's also narrated by Richard Simmons, by the way, although it was done before he disappeared. But I think it's still relevant. I'm going to I'm going to listen to what everyone else says before I weigh in. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Christina. Yes. I just have some concerns in terms of global markets and what your plans are for getting this product into places where either whips or lips or skipping um, is illegal and or against. uh, I don't see the this is not and or against local religious customs. This is a very serious issue in terms of marketing and optics um, for such an incendiary product such as this one. Well, I appreciate your passion on this point, Christine. <laughs> uh, I, I would say that you've identified uh-huh. the several challenges we've encountered along the way. Is uh, planes, yeah. planes, for example, have not been a friendly environment for this. <laughs> and uh, usually mm. it works best in places of religious observance when there aren't other people around or cats. Okay. But I think, uh, you know, there's always a, in my opinion, there's always a a, a quote unquote white space for every type of product. You just have to kind of find somewhere where there's no one around. There's no religious observance, no (laughs) air travel, nowhere that it's illegal. And we feel we can still sell enough of these despite all those points of friction. I think I was okay until bullwhip and tassel. I understand the separation of uh, skipping and politics and skipping and religion, but I, <laughs> I, I do think it's just I'm really trying to think on a more global scale for a product that can appeal to literally everyone in the entire world. So I'm going to have to pass. Well, it looks like we've had three passes. You're all making a big mistake. Let me tell you something. This is going to be huge. You never know. You're never going to find another product like this. I'm so upset. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. didn't make a deal. I have to say, um, I definitely have seen this product before. I don't want to burst your bubble. Um, it's actually called <laughs> Skippy Tippy Whippy, <laughs> which is the problem because you definitely have used their alliteration. Oh. Um, scheme, what wow. have you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for bringing that to our attention. I think we do have other folks coming forward. So I think the guppies will need to pass. But but thank you. Thank you for sharing with us today. All right. Well, thank you all for that. Let's do uh, one more. Christina, do you wish to pitch? I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I want to invite you to pitch if you'd like to. Sure. Cool. All right. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Dresden, why don't you uh, give Christina any word? Let's make it an action word. Okay. Popping. Popping. Your word is popping. So next up to the guppy tank stage is 
uh, Christina with her new company. Welcome, Christina. Welcome, welcome. Thank you for having me. <clears throat> Guppies. What do we know about the problems facing the world today? <laughs> Climate change. <laughs> Yes. Radicalism, yes. Oh civil unrest. <laughs> I really, I. This is just an intro. I, I really don't see what is so funny. No, we're just we're the enjoying you. No, 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 no. Just a warm welcome, please, please, please. Tell us about your product, please. Right. <clears throat> <clears throat> this product is made to unite people, animals, vegetables, and minerals across the entire <laughs> spectrum of universal experience. Because we all know, we have all experienced the healing power of dance. In particular, a dance move known as popping and locking. Um, so this product is, I'm sorry, is... Do I have something on my face? No, I just a... need, I, I think I just need some water. Please the pop, proceed. The Poppenlockinator is a special um, device that aids even the honkiest whiteies, the most arrhythmic, pardon my French, assholes to pop and lock with complete precision uh, and abandon. And I really do think that uniting everyone with the power of the pop and lock dance, with the power of this device that ensures proper alignment, sick-ass popping, tight locking, and also uh, is, a, is a juice maker, <laughs> is really going to make a strong impact in, in the juice dance space. <laughs> And once you have that, you really have the world in the palm of your hand. I, I'm so. Is it my? Is it my accent? Because this is how I really talk. Before no, no, I'm, I was I'm, doing I'm an American accent, I'm and in, this is. I'm impressed with 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 mm -hmm. how how much the product can accomplish, but even more so that it can appeal to the whitest honkiest, because that is usually a demographic that most of our presenters they, cannot appeal to. They. <laughs> right. And, you know, believe it or not, the whitest honkiest um, is, a, is a rather large demographic um, of tend to be very powerful people. And for better or worse, they must they need to be appeased. Uh, Christina, I, I, I have to tell you that I have not been fully immersed in the uh, the juice dance space. So what I, what I wanted to have an mm -hmm. idea is who some of the influencers are or influencers are in the juice dance space that you might be able to deploy in helping you grow within that space. Are you familiar with crab cake? <laughs> crab cake, the juice dance TikTok phenomenon. No, I'm, crab I'm cake not. has over 70, excuse me, Crab Cake has over 70 billion followers on TikTok. And I know that wow. that's more people than actually exist. But that's because Crab Cake has actually cracked the market for non-human social media engagement. They are mm, followed by the rocks. Minerals. They are followed by salamanders. They are followed by minerals, <laughs> all kinds of minerals. Don't discriminate. 
We are followed by this lamp in my room. They're followed by literally everything on the planet. And I think if we can make that incursion and get even a piece of crab cakes following this product, really, there's no there's no limit to what we can I'm, do. I'm very interested in a uh, 61% share, but may you please, I just need to know about your followers. How many followers do you have on TikTok? And can you please tell me um, their demographic? Okay, currently I'm only followed by five ducks in real life and they go wherever <laughs> I go. And I think that... Are they honk? Um, it's... it's, it's um, they're quite honky, Sorry. but they're not the whitiest ducks that I've seen. Uh, it's sort of a sort of a Lord Byron gesture. He was followed by swans, but I couldn't get there yet. And I think these, I think these ducks have a really powerful presence also in the juice dance space. And I would really love to get them on board as well. I'm. I personally I'm, am not on TikTok. I'm just. I handle the ducks. I'm oh. I'm very interested, but I want to find out, Elsie, is this a space you want to go into? Because I don't want to go too high if you're only going to come in and try to shoot down my numbers. Um, I'm more about the packaging. I want to know if it's going to have the slogan, the honkiest. <laughs> <laughs> and is that the, trademarked, uh, the, uh, really? Well, That's, the slogan yeah. is actually a seven-part manifesto. <laughs> and it's about 300 pages PDF, and I don't... <laughs> That's a, that, that is a valid point, Elsie. We've worked with yeah. a lot of designers. I've worked with a lot of packaging experts. And I have to admit to the guppies that the, the entire slogan does not uh, fit on mm. the packaging. That oh, is, wow. Because I was thinking, like, you know, true. how as seen on TV is kind of like a thing. on, And that's like the packaging is like that. I see mm-hmm. that. I'm like, I'm going to buy that. Because it's on, yeah, yeah. I've seen it on TV. But if it, if it mm-hmm. said even um, for the honkiest... I'd buy it, but if it's not on there, I'm out. Whitiest, yeah. 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 Well, How about no, I don't we even care about the whitiest. We can't do something like, as, as just the honkiest. Okay, we can, you know, I've been talking to their people. We might be able to get some as seen on crab cake. I definitely oh. can promise at least that. Well, I, yeah, mm-hmm. if that's just a share, though. I mean, I, I think your product stands on its own without having to piggyback on another TikToker. But I wonder what our, our guest caller um, if our guest caller has any questions. Hello, as someone also, um, similar to the picture, mm-hmm. as you can tell, um, I would just like to know what happens when they're not white and honky. I, I personally am not, um, honky, but I am, I am white. Um, and I'm not really sure that I'm so on the product at, at present. Could you, how would you pitch to me? Oh. I want to feel special to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I suppose that those not graced, uh, look, there's honkiest, there's whitiest, and then there's everyone else. And I'll be the first to admit that not everyone needs this product. I see it more as like a, like a supplemental device, like an aid for the, um, for, for being honky. It's it's a it's a it's a way for the honkiest and the whitiest to to join the chorus of human movement. I and and animal and mineral. And it's rocks. more of an yeah. outreach yeah. pro. And animals and minerals and rocks as well. It's so broad. I'm going to make an offer. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. I might top you. Go I'm, ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off, Dresden, but yeah. I, I'm ready to Go make ahead. an offer. Go ahead. Um, 
I'm going to undercut you by asking for 60%, but oh. I'm going to offer you $3.5 million. <gasps> But well, you have to say yes now. I, I'm I'm out. I don't have three million okay, in cash. Okay, I want. All right, all right. Okay, you said three and a half. All right. Um, fifty nine percent, three point two million, and one Taco Bell chalupa. <laughs> um, make it. Do you know why? Do you know why? Because I respect myself. You know what? I, I was going to say no until that last comment, and you sold me. It's a deal. I'm out. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you very much, Guppies. All right. Thank you, Guppies. That's it for Guppy Tank, everybody. Oh Christina, that was brilliant. Christina, what a great mind. character piece. Good job. Yeah, Christina, can you, can you donate your mind to the Comedy <laughs> Museum? Oh God. Like, how did your Just, mind go that many places? Wow, I am bowing. Wow, really impressive. Bowing to you. Just the just the choice to Thank make you. that I accent. Thank you. I think about. I, well, this is. This, oh, it's my favorite thing to do. Sometimes it just gives me a little bit of distance. Also, this is a good game for me because, like, pretty much my whole comedy is about capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> How about that? How about that, everybody? Wow, that's good. <laughs> But that choice to do that, that choice to do that, that uh, accent to me right out of the gate oh. was so brilliant because it created, it painted a character so oh, clear you. to me, at least it was so clear of who this person was yeah. and the pretentiousness that was there, mm. but an, but an aloofness at the same time, it was, it was, it was the cadence well, I think that that's Shark Tank, right? There's, it's like Shark Tank, like. TED Talk cadence where <laughs> everyone thinks that what they're saying is the it's most important thing. Exactly. Everyone on that show believes that what they're pitching is going to change the world. Exactly. And, um, and there's nothing, especially to an American audience, that signals pretentiousness like a British accent. That's you right. Know? That's right. <laughs> All right. Mark, uh, thank you. Yes. Sorry. Darcy. Hi, Darcy here. Well, you, you know it's, it's, you know it's me, but Sorry. <laughs> Um, I just I wanted to let you know that I did just send the emails out. Uh, and speaking of email, can I can I just can I just run a joke by you really quick? This is another joke you have. Is that okay? Uh, we are on sure. a, a, a comedy podcast. I thought that that's what was all right. Oh, <laughs> okay. Uh, so <laughs> speaking of email, um, <clears throat> already the joke is here's the setup, and, the, and then you can tell me what you think of the punch or don't. Um, you know, the, the email system should be called uh, Web UPS. No, I'm sorry. Um, or wait, would that be a Web PC? No, UPC. Okay, uh, Darcy <laughs> needs to work on Darcy's material. I'll be right back. Thank you. Okay. All right. Thank you, Darcy. Uh, we'll take a quick break when we come back. It's going to just be all about Christina right after this. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Funny People Talking and Elsie at Elsie the Producer. And please, for the love of all that is holy, subscribe to the show and leave us a damn review and a really, really good rating on iTunes. Pretty please? Thank you. All right, everybody, welcome back. 
It's finally, finally about Christina and all about Christina. I think it's always been about Christina, but we're so excited to have you here, Christina Catherine Martinez. So I'd like to start out with this. This is a question sometimes I lead off with, and I think it's very apropos here. When I read a piece of Mm -hmm. your bio, at least in the beginning, to kind of give you some context to the listener, there was a lot of pieces to it, a lot of dimensions there, but... I guess my question is, you know, there's writer in there, there's actor, there's comedian, there's, I mean, I think you're a philosopher of sorts, you're, you're a, but if you had to just boil it down to one thing that you are, are you a comedian that writes? Are you a writer that does comedy? Are you a philosopher that executes in comedy and writing? Are you a storyteller? And these are the different ways you do it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So what, how would you, how would you size yourself up? I think I'm a jester. I think I'm a purveyor of sophisticated cultural devices. And that comes in many forms of like jokes and videos and weird essays. I mean, this is this is what this is what I want to avoid doing. You know, that's why there's so many things. But I do try to boil, have all of those those outlets be unified by like a singular approach which I think can be characterized by like this figure. I I really think about this, the figure of the clown, the trickster, the jester a lot. Mm -hmm. And on this very like deep, deep, I hesitate to say it, but like spiritual level, like that's how I, I like to operate. Yeah. But I will say that I've always been a writer been a writer since I was a little kid. And that's almost like the foundation of everything because, you know, jokes and videos and scripts and bits, they all start with an idea in writing. Mm-hmm. So is the connective tissue the humor between all of the different types of ways that you want to interpret the world, if you will? I believe so. And, and humor, and that's a tricky word because there are also times when there's times to like, it's also figuring out when there's times to not be funny but to use sort of the incisiveness of humor to make a point I think that comes through a lot like in my art criticism where you know I'm not really there to make jokes but I'm there to make a point and I can use uh what I've learned in being able to have all these disciplines kind of infect one another is that to learn just like sort of the rhetorical flair that comedian that you try to develop Mm -hmm. as a comedian and help that inform a certain incisiveness in my, you know, art criticism or other types of writing that's not necessarily funny, but that like that style helps, you know, drive home the point. I was just having a studio visit with a, a performance artist and we were talking a lot about our different work. And they were just like, I think of you as a jester, because mm-hmm. like you just do play with all these different types of boundaries and like writ large, it's kind of what you do. And shuffle around. And, I, and it never happened purposefully. I don't know how this happened, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> so on your website, you know, a lot of times when someone does a website or a resume mm-hmm. or a book jacket or whatever it is where it's the, a calling card of sorts, they'll distill themselves down mm-hmm. into some catchphrase, if you will, that's supposed to give someone a, a quick view of how they want to present, how they want to be seen. And on your website, it says your name. Christina Catherine Martinez, and right below it, it says, a figure of speech. Uh-huh. So what does that mean? Are you the figure? Isn't that fun? Oh, oh, yeah. So <laughs> I want to know what was your intention of that as how that 
is who you are or what you're about. Mm -hmm. I just, I really like that phrase. I mean, it's simple, but it's complicated. We all know what a figure of speech is like in writing, but what does it mean to be a figure of speech as a person? And I think that encapsulates what I do as a comedian. I think it's what comedians are. They are figures of speech where stuff that you, there's so many other tools you have at your disposal to communicate other than words. You have your face, your expressions, your movements, your tone of voice. It's kind of like also a, a ready-made catchphrase and a lot of what I do in my comedy and sometimes image and object making is like appropriating popular popular like idioms or archetypes, like even with that accent or the way I sometimes present myself in photography, whenever I do have control over how my picture is taken, I like to sort of be a little bit weird, a little bit referential, a little bit, a little bit making fun of the thing that I'm actually doing, which is promoting myself. And, and I think it does encapsulate what I like to do in general and that it's kind of simple on the surface. And then, but if you ask me to explain it, I'll never stop. You know what I mean? I just really liked that phrase. I like the ubiquity of that phrase and I like what it implies by applying it to me as a perf not just a writer but a performer thinking of the figure of speech being me and not just words on a page but also but both you know yeah I, I have a follow-up question though on this point and also about your website because again this goes into exploring you know what you're about what is the ethos of Christina here and the primary image on your landing page on your website is an absolutely awesome photograph. But to me, it looks like the photograph that someone looks at and goes, oh my God, don't show that to anyone. Like the look on your face looks like you're between expressions. You're kind of in an awkward position. And I, again, absolutely dynamite picture and I love your outfit and everything. But, but I'm wondering if, how this connects to who you see yourself as or the version of yourself that you're presenting as the persona of your art. I mean, you said it. You said between expressions, awkward position, but the overall effect is really dynamite. That picture was taken for the Vulture Comics to watch list. And because of COVID, each comedian was responsible for getting their own picture taken. So I collaborated with an artist friend of mine to do that. And he asked me to, ironically, I, I, I love, I'm a pretty talented actor, I think. I'm a good comedian. I'm very awkward in front of the camera, in front of people taking like still photos, like for photo shoots. So he told me to just start doing my act. So I just started doing stand-up for him, which was awkward because it's just me and my friend. And you took a lot of photos. And I think this, something about this moment just sort of felt pretty authentic to me, which is a big hangup of mine. And I, honestly, I think you kind of nailed it just with those strange phrases <laughs> between expressions, awkward position. But overall, it, I, overall, it's sort of like hopefully a pleasing dynamic thing to look at or experience. Christina, is awkward in front of the camera on purpose or you just feel that's how you come across? That's just how I feel in front of uh So when you burped after you ate the cronut video. <laughs> in the cronut that was, video that was real. when you burped. And I just right. went with it. You just went with it. But it, you didn't feel awkward. It was hilarious. And 
That's still different. I mean, it's that's. I mean, I'm talking about a very specific situation, which is like a yeah. photo shoot situation. Because like, okay. I feel very. I feel pretty. That was an authentic moment, but like, I didn't feel awkward. I was immediately delighted by it. I was like, oh my god, that's so cool that I burped organically. Like, I didn't. That that. What a gift, you know. I didn't. I wasn't trying to make a joke. I just wanted to eat this cronut, and the universe gave me this super <laughs> organic, natural burp to share with with my followers. I love it. I love it. And you know, and and that's different because my relationship with my camera phone is very, you know, I think organic or I had to say authentic, but honest in a way that like I'm very comfortable in front of my phone camera, you know, talking uh-huh. on social media. I'm pretty comfortable okay. on camera acting, you know, and when, cause when I'm acting, it's like, I'm not worried about looking good because I'm here to like serve a, a piece or a vision or a scene when someone just needs to take my photo. Got it. Got it's it. actually very, very uncomfortable for me. <laughs> yeah. Got it. And I've been reading art form for years mm-hmm. and I think you're a beautiful writer. So you have so many adjectives that you should be Thank proud you. of all of them. Thank you so much. I actually did. I've been, I was an art writer first. I've been an art critic for about almost a decade and the comedy came later for sure. You know, I want to ask you as an art critic and and an art writer, uh, both of my parents are, I would say, reasonably accomplished artists. And my father taught art at a university level for many years and so forth, just just for context. Mm -hmm. So I remember being in the national Gallery of Art or National Museum of Art in Washington many, many years ago. Mm-hmm. And coming down, if I remember, my memory is right, coming down this escalator. And I remember seeing a gigantic canvas that was pretty much just red. Like the whole thing was one sheet of red. And I remember even as young as I was, probably no more than 10 years old, looking at that and saying, Dad, why is that hanging in the National Gallery of Art? I couldn't fathom how that is something, given all the art out there, that was so respectable that it should be hanging there. And his answer was something along the lines of that artist thought of it first. And whether or not that was a good answer, I'm curious about your your thought <laughs> on, you know, those people that look at art and go, this is ridiculous, and then there's this uh, another group That's of people okay. that think that's the mo- the most brilliant thing in <laughs> in the world. So, as an art critic, in a way, you're setting a tone mm-hmm. for what people are supposed to think is good, and it comes from. In- I, I don't I don't think of it that way, and and maybe that's a way of like abdicating a certain type of responsibility that people traditionally assign to art critics, and I'm I'm less interested in telling other people what to think or even what you what you said which is a little more nuanced of setting a tone for how to experience a work of art i'm trying to communicate my very subjective hopefully also very informed experience of this work of art a quote that i think about a lot which is by this writer chris kraus she said the art world is only as interesting as the world outside of it that it reflects. And I've had those experiences too. I actually honestly felt very like alienated by art, especially like modern art as a, as a kid and as a teenager. I grew up in like a very creative household, but I didn't get it. And I thought like contemporary art existed specifically to make me feel 
bad and alienated and not cool. And I had similar experiences with like big, especially like abstract art, which is sort of like, that's the shorthand for what is this shit? I always thought, you know, whenever someone looks at a Jackson Pollock and says, oh, my kid can paint that. It's like, well, then your kid should have been born in 1949. (laughs) (laughs) I think that idea of like, he was the first it's a little bit reductive, but it's not entirely wrong. I think this like floppy, sloppy, faltering churn of what we call art history has a lot to do with like the history of the world and people and where that like intersects in some moment that manifests in like an object or a performance or a painting that can actually speak to that mm. moment or that world or that person's. I use this word a lot, but like, yeah, like subjective or spiritual experience at that point in time. And I don't know why this is okay in other industries and it's sort of not okay in art. Like if it's something is sort of hard to understand or very referential, it's like dismissed as snobby, which maybe it's true. But there is a a circle of the art world that is just a very specialized field of knowledge and which is the same in like comedy it's the same in like motorcycle repair it's the same in knitting you know what i mean if someone made like a was going off about like their knitting needle gauge nerdery and i didn't really understand it you wouldn't just be like oh that person's just such a fucking snob and like the knitting world Mm -hmm. is just so alienating and elitist (laughs) it's just accepted that well that's a that's a closed circle of knowledge for anyone who cares to be interested in it yeah and i do think I almost have like two categories of art that I'm interested in. One, which I, being a person who likes to breach or butt up against boundaries, is I really, I do appreciate work, art that can just speak to a larger audience, that can like reflect something beyond itself and beyond the art world. It's a very difficult and a very special thing to do without, you know, being too for lack of a better word, dumb. I'm also very interested in like just super inscrutable, snobby ass, hyper conceptual, like referential, what I call gearhead art. It's like, oh, this one's for the heads. You know what I mean? And as a head myself, I find that kind of really exciting. (laughs) And once in a great while, you will see something or I will see something that can like, almost do both that maybe it's got a bunch of these you know references and precedents and art historical concerns folded into it and yet none of that is necessary to just enjoy being present with it i just enjoy think, looking at the fucking thing you know? i think personally that is the most brilliant art whether it's a painting or whether it's a movie or whether it's a song or anything else is that it appears to be for the masses, anyone could take this in. But for the heads, as you put it, there's information in there <laughs> that if you know where to look and you know what you're looking for, you're going to see there was great design and strategy and brilliance that went into what is executed. So it might be a picture of Marilyn Monroe that looks just beautifully painted. And then you can see inside are it's all made up by tiny little pictures of Joe DiMaggio. And you go, oh, my God, you know, that's brilliant <laughs> for its own reason, let's say. So let, let me let me pivot a little bit to a different topic. And. I'm interested. I don't even know if I've even ever asked this question on this. Yes. 
think Darcy wanted to say Hi, something. sorry. I've been standing outside for quite some time. Um, I just wanted to let you know that I am printing out flyers <laughs> for our gala slash um, fundraiser um, slash um, donation hub. So um, the copier is stuck. And of uh, speaking of copy, I just want to jump by you really quick. Um, <laughs> okay, I was inspired by the copier. Okay, uh, and the joke. Uh, okay, it's uh, it goes like this. Um, if we could copy humans, and that's as far as I got. But isn't that a perfect setup? I just want. It, it, no, okay, Darcy will work on that. You, you know what? It is Darcy. I would also say that's a really good dovetail to this art historical uh, conversation we've been having <laughs> if you could copy people that's what the first ca- that's what the first cavemen were doing sitting around a fire shitting themselves wiping it on the walls you and they're understand. like what if you know what if this is me you know i find that that's a very that's that i think that joke i think you have the start of something that gets to the very heart of the human condition and no pressure, oh, but you know, I would be, you get would finish it. Miss Christina, I just want to say anybody who goes on your Instagram can see that you are a purveyor of amazing fashion outfits. Now I want to know, do you see your clothing or style and clothes as like a, like a fashion of art or is that just Darcy? Am I just being crazy? <laughs> no, it's all, it's a, <laughs> It's all part of it. I've been, I'm, I'm very interested in fashion and I love clothes and I love dressing up. And even before I, I started working in art, art world, I worked in the fashion industry. So I've always loved fashion and dressing up. And even that, I feel like being a performer and a comedian has been a way to incorporate my love of shopping <laughs> into my work. But, uh, on a serious note, it's something that like as a female comedian, for better or worse, you just, you do have to think about like I grew my hair out and lost like 20 pounds over this past year Good for and you. for better or worse it kind of completely changed <laughs> thank you for better or worse it kind of completely changed my comedy I did a show for the first time in many months and with old jokes that I've been doing for years and something about me looking different made the material hit differently and that is something that I've recently just become confronted with and aware of and I have been thinking about like how I present myself on stage and like does that need to shift because I do just look like a different person and maybe that's communicating something that I'm not really aware of or in control of yet I wish I could just go out there naked but that says something else (laughs) (laughs) you know Christina a question I don't normally ask I don't even know if I've ever asked on the show but I feel like I want to ask you I feel like you're, and I mean, by the way, I mean this as the hugest compliment. I feel like you're, in a way, and here it comes. You're an enigma. You are what I would refer to as a curated enigma, meaning that I feel like. Wow, that's so sweet. See, you're coming up with. Yeah, I don't need to define myself. You're coming up with all the good uh, catchphrases. Well, there you go. But, (laughs) But but what I'm getting at is. What I can't figure out is who might have influenced you where – I know you're your own self, but through our lives, we hear comedians or we read books or we whatever it is that has an impact, even as an actor, that has an impact of who has inspired us 
and we we say, well, I want to be like that, or that makes me, I think that's funny. I want to write jokes that are like that or whatever. So I'm really curious to hear if you can share any comedians along the way that you feel have been the, the most impact on the comedian that you now are. Yes. And it has more to do with not what anyone does, but the same thing of like the way they do it. When I was really little, the comedians that like I watched a lot, like with my family, were uh, Brian Regan and Louie Anderson. And there's something so pure about their joke making and the fact that it's not blue, but it's also not corny or necessarily for kids, I think is such a feat of joke writing that is not really appreciated. And so that kind of, I don't know, almost something almost like friendly, but not juvenile about what they do, I think was very foundational. And then Eddie Izzard, you know, was a comedian that I got into in my teens was huge because that was the first time I was seeing comedy that wasn't set up punchline joke comedy. Mm -hmm. He would talk and he'd talk about history and he would talk about art and he talked about just and he was and he was very smart and he didn't try to hide it but it wasn't about being pretentious at all he was just very true to what he's into and he's into some like you know hoity-toity shit and and even the way that he spoke about those things I, I don't think he did it in a way that was ever purposefully alienating or ungenerous to the audience i remember seeing one of his specials where he hit a joke about General Lafayette and like, and no one knew what he was talking about. And he, he like called out the audience for not getting his own historical reference. And he did that in a way that was still funny. And when I started doing comedy, rather when I started going to independent shows around LA, trying to get the nerve to start doing open mics, I think there were definitely a few people that, and I will say specifically it was Josh Fadum and Natalie Palamides and Kate Berlant, who all two are completely different from one another. And I think from me, but specifically, it was just seeing that like total fuck it freedom that sort of like, you know, when you see something and you're like, oh, shit, you can do that. And it wasn't so much that I wanted to do what they did. I just like I want that freedom and that like confidence to just do something so specifically me. Of course, mm -hmm. I could not articulate this to myself at the time. I was just like kind of blown away. And seeing them around town a lot early on gave me a lot of the, just the little fucking boost I needed to just like keep going and figure out what it is that I do, which I still feel like I'm figuring out. And, um, but that's part of what I think is, is generous about this, like breaking when you when you when you break a boundary for yourself, you're opening it up for other people to do it, even if like you don't know. And there there's a lot of comedians that I've seen that have done that for me. You know, I feel like you do really. I haven't seen your whole a whole stand up routine of yours or anything yet, but my guess is your comedy is very <laughs> very super smart, like Janine Garofalo or even like George Carlin, where it's so cerebral in a way or Sarah Silverman even like you really stand back and you look at what they've done you say that is so freaking intelligent what they wove together there that it's not just the telling of a joke but it is the dispensation of 
philosophy in a way done through uh, you know, a series of jokes, if you will, or or a series of humorous anecdotes. How how do you think that? I don't mean like tell me I'm right in the way I've sized you up, but I'm saying do, is 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 that how you yeah. see it? Uh, is that on the right track, or do I, did I miss it? That's very complimentary. So of course I want to say it's on the right track, but I will say I think that's hopefully what happens when it's at its best. Okay, and a big issue for me is that like it's not always at its best and that's something that i think has been very coming from a different type of discipline which is like writing and publishing as like a critic and a journalist where i get to have my little thoughts and believies and i write them down in private and no one has to see my shitty first drafts or all the edits my editor made and i just get to put this like perfect thing out in the world the process of stand-up is so messy it's been good for me to have to have that editing process in public. I will. I mean, I can send you the video. I think w- the set that I consider my best, like fifteen minutes of all time, took like five years to put together. And it is this balance of I'm gonna be smart, but like, there's a point at which you have to like forget the audience or not try to anticipate what they want and really just think about what what you want. What's interesting to me? What do I worry about? What makes me mad? And um, turns out it's a lot of shit about like art and late capitalism and the you know pathologies of being a woman in an image mediated society. Like, duh. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a whole other side to me in which like, you know, I really enjoy just being silly. And I and then what's difficult for me is like synthesizing that in a single set or and maybe even just like feeling like I have to come to every single set giving my whole facet of myself to the audience is also like a a fool's errand and it's like at the end of the day these people just need to laugh and get their money's worth I really appreciate what you said and I think that that does happen sometimes when I have put in the work and put in the like self-reflection to kind of just do something authentic when i'm worried about looking smart that's when i look like an asshole and don't do well (laughs) but it's funny it's almost like in order to get there i can't ever think about what that end game might be because like no one no one knows i have no idea what i'm doing but i'm pretty sure i'm i'm getting better at it (laughs) so what is the long-range plan for christina like have you arrived at the place that you're arriving and it's just about doing more of this and better or and bigger or is this on a a larger path i mean it's both it's weird how things panned out last year of all years like people everyone thought comedy was going away and i got on three comics to watch lists and i got a manager but it's, you know, it is a long game and I kind of did it. Like I'm doing everything I want to do and I'm super grateful. I would like to do it with a little bit more downtime and a lot more financial stability. Like just today, I I took a break from the weekly clown show that I do with my clown friends, uh, directed by Natalie Palomides, actually, one of my earliest inspirations Oh. Just because I did my first stand-up set last night for the first time in like Yay. months, good. and uh, good. good for you. Thank you. It was, and it was, you know, and it was, it was okay. And I had to like make peace with that. Like, I'm, I'm just a fucking person. Like, I'm glad I didn't bomb. 
and like doing okay after going this long without doing it is totally great and to not beat myself up about it but it was emotionally draining in a way that I hadn't experienced with stand-up in a long time because I'm not in that rhythm but you know what you said it's and a I kind of just you said like, it's a long road but to be on the comedians to watch lists I mean just hey well let let us please applaud you for these victories along the way. That's pretty awesome. Thank you. Brava. Thank and you. thank you for making me you got laugh it. harder you got than it. I've laughed I... in so long. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. The, the long game is, yeah, to just do it. And I'm doing it and I'm just, and I'm working to, to do it more and to make it more sustainable. And, and, on, and working on longer, more in-depth projects. Like I published a lot of articles and essays and I wrote a, short book a couple years ago I want to write longer books and more books I want to do longer sets and more sets Mm. I want to you know make television instead of just short form sketches and in some ways more concrete than others that's all happening or it's gonna happen you know and if I have to work at Jamba Juice in order to keep doing those things. That'll happen too. Oh, is that where you met Tina Fey? And scene. And scene. That's a callback, everybody. Right there. So, Christina. Wow. Nice. Wow. Nice job. Wow. Mm. So, Christina, how can people, how can people. Honestly, when... you got me. Woo! I know, I know, you just, you got me. That was like, <laughs> I need to, I need to recover. I'm actually going to leave. Was... I have to move apartments. That was. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like brilliant, brilliant. Thank you, Dolly. Nice. Thank you, Dolly. Nice I really appreciate that, Dresden. <laughs> when the muse hits, you you didn't you didn't think about it. You didn't give a shit. You're like, oh, this is is this appropriate? Is this what? It was just like it was beautiful, <laughs> and it really you. was Thank a great you, way to just. Oh, that was great. Get... That was that was a, that's that's why she you know <laughs> that's why we keep her. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Christina, how can people connect um, with you and where find can you? people yeah. find me? Yeah. I want them to be able to see you on the long on during the long game. During the long game, I'm mostly on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I'm not like a Twitter comedian. I'm not great at it. I'm not consistent, but I am on it. Um, and my my handle for both of those platforms is at xtina x t i n a underscore Catherine. Uh, it's Catherine with a C. And so you can find me. I think I post a lot of my stuff mostly on Instagram. That feels like my home base platform. And then uh, my website, like you said, I, I, I'm i glad you found it so enriching. I haven't updated it in a while, but it does have a lot of my videos, a lot of my writing, probably gives a good overall picture of what I do. And that's ChristinaCatherine.info. It also has my contact information, which I'm thinking about taking down. Uh, but get there now while that it's you've hot. met us, or what? <laughs> I know it's like, damn it. No, now that I oh, oh, look well, at you I have all a, on these pictures on the manager, I'm gonna take it all down. <laughs> I mean, being a woman on the internet's a nightmare, no matter what. But I've been True. just slowly over the past year getting some wacky emails, and I and I just got a manager a few months ago, and Woo. I'm like, oh, that's his job. That's literally what. It's literally what they're for. It's just a guy right. to answer emails that. I'm too weirded out by. Oh, I'm sure he's um, going to be thrilled when he so hears I should, this. I, should, I don't even know if I have. To. <laughs> I'm sure your manager's going to love it. If, if, if I handle half the emails, can I just pay you five percent? Oh, good. Yeah, actually, his his. 
His his my manager's uh, email is on my contact page, so I think I'm gonna take mine down. There you go. I I is that bad? I feel I see. This is all new to me. I'm like, is he gonna like? Is he gonna get spammed with crazy asses? I will say, you know what? A lot of my I don't have a huge following, and I don't have a lot of the problems that female comics that I know with big followings have. They're like, oh, reply guys and trolls. I've had a few. A lot of my fans. Are, are like super great and they you know they send me like susan sontag trivia and yeah they're like, oh, don't you get like gross dms for men and i'm like no no i really don't i get these really nice dms that are like hello christina i am 60 thank you for the laughs like love jim okay you know <laughs> i want to keep if i can keep it at this level this would be great if i could just like make a lot more money if I can make a lot more money without having to be any more known, that would be amazing. Can we just go out on, Mark, can we go we out on, attention economy. Christina, thank you for the laughs, love Jim. I yes, just, I think was, you just need to meet a lot more rich so Jim. Just, just so much, just so much in Jim. that little bit. That's right. Yeah, yeah. All right, that is, that is it rich for this. We're going to go out on, on rich Jim's. Christina, <laughs> we're so uh, happy to have had you on the show. Thank you, Christina, Catherine, you. Martinez. Woo! What a lovely person and what a smart lady. Thank you. And uh, very funny, too. Thank you very much. Very much appreciated. I can't wait to share this with everybody. That is it for our episode of Funny People Talking. Thank you to our intern, Darcy. Keep working on it, Darcy. You're getting so close. You're getting so close to getting that. <laughs> I'm going to come help you with the copier jam as soon as we hang up, okay? Yes. Oh, thank yeah, God. I got I, you. Yeah. I, I actually put a sandwich in there, and it's not It's not. <laughs> for, for, thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll see, you, we'll see you next week for another great show. For our producer, Elsie. Thanks. And my good friend, Dresden. I feel smarter, <laughs> and I laugh till I hurt myself. Thank you. <laughs> I'm Mark Rico. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you next time. Until next day, That's it? That's the end of the show? Boy, oh, boy, what a crock. This was Funny People Talking. No portion of the content may be reproduced or published without the strict written permission of the producers. Connect with our show at Funny People Talking or at our website, funnypeopletalking.com. I'm your announcer, Peter Coleman. Thanks for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, the business of being heard.